All right, right now, I'm sickened. Welcome to Riot City, first of all. Second of all, you better listen to Three Count Podcast. Oh, by the way, Showtime, Jeremy Grimes. Well now, so you guys have been with us for a little while now, and, and you guys have known all the episodes that we put out for now into ring. So how do we change this? How do we bring this aboard? Well, we hit you with a part two or a class two, whatever you want to call it, your college course. This is now entering 201. And like always, I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog. You know that, right? The man that leads you up this mountain called wrestling. Yes, your Sherpa. But like every good Sherpa, you got to have someone who's been there, done that, and can do it more efficiently than you can. So Without further ado, it's never about me. It's about who's into the ring. And the person you see here with me can be found at SCWA, HWF, Total Psychopath Wrestling, SWF, Outbreak. He's been everywhere. C3W, ACW. He's been an ACW champion, heavyweight champion. He's been the SCW, SCWA heavyweight champion. He's been the C3W champion. He's been everywhere. He's the man. He's a booker. He's a promoter. He is my trainer. Give it up for the man, the kingpin of Riot City, Sicken. Yo, yo, you like my shirt? I love your shirt, by the way. <laughs> hey, number one rule, always promote. Hey, that's, yeah, see? <laughs> like, that's what I'm I saying, guess. though. You can promote. It doesn't mean you have to promote you. <laughs> you can promote your boys. <laughs> it was, it's all uh, part it's, of the game. It definitely, it definitely is, man. Uh, yo, one, thank you for coming back on the show. Absolutely. Remember, like the last time we had you on, uh, we did a video, we did an audio audio podcast. We did release it on video, uh, so it's on YouTube. Uh, we were talking about cool stuff and like the people that you had met and stories that you've had. This is kind of different, man. So, uh, as you know, <laughs> I have been now in the sport for just over two years. Legitimately, this day uh, we're totally transparency. We're recording this on January fifth. Yesterday would have been my two year that I started wrestling professionally. I know it's it's crazy that time moves so fast because it's re- like I could I could sit there and some days I'd be like, damn, it just it feels like Cliff just started training, and then there's other days I'm like, damn, Cliff's been here for like four years, and then you're like, nah, it's only been this long. I'm like, ah, whatever. <laughs> Listen, man, only one person believes that I've been in the business for four years. <laughs> <laughs> All good. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's cool though, man. Because like, just even think about it, right? Like, I I started training uh, back in you know 2020, right in January, right before the right before the pandemic really came through and the, and the nationwide shutdown. And I just remember being like at a point where I was like, damn, like I don't know what I'm doing, <laughs> right? So I had to kind of like lay back and trust, but. You know, my first match came in, like, July of 2020, and then from there, like, I even, I, I think I only wrestled, like, five matches all of 2020. Yeah, and then, I, I unfortunately think a lot of people <laughs> only wrestled five matches <laughs> or something in 2020. <laughs> I Honestly, you were pretty lucky to even get that. Some guys, oh, yeah. some, some people didn't wrestle at all. You so. know, what's crazy, too, is that I got to wrestle a dude in the PW500. <laughs> like Also true. Yeah. <laughs> also true. Oh, 
going back to what you were saying about somebody, there's only one person that thinks that you've been in the business for four years. It's not hard to think that because you carry yourself very well. Oh, I appreciate that, man. I, uh, it's, it's, it's weird, man, because like, I think me being older and like going into locker rooms and stuff, like I still get nervous, like to talk to people, like at the end of the day, I know everybody's there for the same thing. They're all on the same side, right? Whether your face or heel really doesn't matter. You're all there for the same reason. Like you want to put on a good show. You want, you all have the same mission. And it kind of reminds me a lot of like the military, right? Where like uh, you get together, you're all fighting for the same mission. And in, in the wrestling world, it's the same thing. You're all, even though you're on two sides per se, right? you're all there for the same thing. And I think I just, I can relate to people and just like talk to them and have a good time, just like bullshitting with them and, uh, and just, and having fun. You're, you're also, uh, you're a people person. So you're not, you're not, uh, you're not one of the dudes that just go and come in the locker room and sit in the corner. I mean, you you listen and you speak when you're spoken to when you're new and stuff like that, but you still don't uh you don't have the problem of getting up, mingling with people and and looking like you're um what's the word I'm looking for? Somebody that like I just don't want to talk to. You know, <laughs> they they're in there, they look unhappy or they just look like, you know, they don't want people to bother them. They have uh they have resting bitch face. Per se, <laughs> you're not is, one of those people. It is. It is crazy to see people in the locker room who are legitimately like, "Yo, like keep your distance," or like this spot over here. Not, not is so weird. Not so weird nowadays. <laughs> no, yeah, you're right. Not so. Not so much this now. But yeah. yeah. So I, I could bring up an example, and I, I won't name a promotion, but there's a promotion that we have worked at, and like one section of it was like, if you're not associated with these guys. You're not allowed oh. over here, and I was like, "How is that a thing?" <laughs> like, yeah, you're all here for the same thing. It's it's funny because I've uh, I've actually heard that about our crew a lot, like <laughs> the the Riot City guys and the Riot City students. I've heard that about us a lot, and that's just because we usually all travel together. So, like when we come in, we all tend to sit with each other, and people always are like, "Oh, those guys are over there by themselves." Like, no, it's just. We're just sitting together because we, we're friends and we hang out. Like We're not saying you can't come over and hang out with us. And it's not like we don't get up and mingle. But right. I'm like, yeah, I mean, if you want to call us a click, yeah, I'd definitely say that we're a click. But we're not an asshole click. Right. And it's funny, man, because like I've seen like so many people like come and go. And just in my two years, like I've seen people come and go like ridiculously. And it's it's weird to think that people will be like, nah, they're, they're too clickish. We don't want to go hang out with them or they have a bad rep or something. You know, it's, it's weird to think that like people are just like, nah, we don't, we don't, we don't want to associate with those guys. Yeah. I mean, we try to get along with everybody. <laughs> you see, you've seen uh, in your, in your two years in the business already, you've seen a lot of people come and go just from training. Yeah. It was, it was weird, man. Like full transparency, like telling people, like, I remember showing up the first day, and there was like I remember Vic Ramon was there, uh, Ron. We was just there. talked about this, right? Sunday uh, we just <laughs> talked about this. <laughs> Ron, uh, Jeremy was there, uh, Grimes, and then um, Eric. Ecton right. Was there. So all five of us were there. It was like me, and I think there was like one other person, and I don't even remember who that person was to be honest. But that we were pro- all there probably didn't come back. Yeah, but I remember like the second week there was like forty students, and I was like. This is what wrestling school is gonna be like. Awesome! <laughs> I, and then the never, next week there was like three. <laughs> yeah, you uh, you never know. <laughs> you you really never know who's gonna show up from uh, time to time or from day to day. And 
you never know who plans to come back. Like people have different, uh, you know, okay, this ain't for me or, Hey, I'm having money issues or I'm having car issues. You know, the pandemic played a lot into that too, but you know, we, we know we have our core guys that are here and those are the guys that you'll see on posters and wrestling for SCWA and HWF and ACW and stuff like that. You, you can visibly point out and see who they are. <laughs> yeah. It's, it is, and it is, it is wild, man, to see, like, you, you see the guys who are consistently, like, always training, always grinding, always promoting, always pushing themselves, right? And it's, it's cool, because, like, this is, like, one place, right? This, and this is something I started to see and started to recognize a lot, too. And even, like, just having this podcast has helped out a lot, too, is that you start seeing everybody's, um, how everybody moves up in, in, in the sport they're or in the business, because they're promoting all the time. Yeah, their work rate. Yeah, it's it's incredible, and I and I thought to myself, I was like, man, I was like, I'm a, and I always always one of those guys. I'm like, I'm afraid to post stuff because I'm afraid of what what people will think. But then I got to looking at people like Shane Taylor, yourself, looking at um, you know, even people like in the WWE, like they're always pushing stuff out, and fans are always gobbling it up. And I and I thought about it, and then like I had friends who came back to me, and they're like, dude, we legitimately love seeing the fact that you're chasing your dream so we want to support you in that and it's it's crazy i was like where were you guys at like you know <laughs> six months ago like yeah. when i was pushing all this out <laughs> there's a there's that good uh there's that good meme uh for wrestling that's always out that i see that's the uh big wwe you know stadium with all the thousands and millions of people in it and it said, you support me now, but where were you when I was here? And it's just a lonely indie show with like 20 people at it. Yeah. I always, I, that, that always pops in my head because I'm just like, yeah, man, it's really funny. Like my first couple of years in the business, like my friends and shit didn't really come out that much. Like maybe they came out to the first couple and they're like, yeah, yeah, good for you. And now like they blow me up all the time. It's not a bad thing. It's just like, oh, I was just getting started and they were watching me, you know, have two three minute matches where I'm just dying, and now they're like, "Oh shit, you have like five titles, dude. Good for you." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's cool. Been supportive of you when I helped me get to the titles, you know." Now you're just like, "Hell yeah!" I'm like, "Yeah, whatever, dude. <laughs> Love you too." So yeah, and it's interesting that you brought it up right, like your first couple of years in, in in the sport and like the growth and stuff like that. So like one of the questions I've been thinking about lately is just like now that I'm hit my two year mark, like what's the expectations? Like what do you look for in like well, let's be honest, in your students once they hit that second year and they move on to like that fifth year? Be try to my biggest thing that I would say is try to try to get your um your character down. Like have people should know who you are. Like you that should have been your biggest grind to begin with is developing a character and I, i'll be honest i think that was probably my lacking thing when my first two years and it's probably why i'm i mean no it's not probably it's why i'm telling you you need to have a character i was trying to do something and be something that i was not per se that i wasn't but it just wasn't me i was being too much of not myself and then once i started becoming myself which was towards my third fourth fifth year i started being more of me than the skull character and then people were just like oh that's the dude from riot city like it like the riot city thing developed the the sickened thing all that stuff started developing um i had my in-ring style was you know more meshed together i had move i had a move set that 
people started to recognize and would like, I could hear people call, Oh, he's going to hit the flatline or whatever the hell I was going to do. Like when I was in the crowd, like I, I can tell you right now, my boy, uh, Robbie blizzard from Bahala visions. I'm sure he'll watch this. Uh, when he started doing all the clips and stuff, uh, sitting in the crowd, clipping up, like he knew exactly when I was about to hit one of my moves. Like he just knew what move it was going to be. And he always got the perfect angle of the move. So like getting people to be, um, in tune with your character, knowing what you're about to do in the ring. Again, I will push this to anybody. Get merchandise and push your merch because having merchandise branded and having people in the crowd wearing that shit, promoters pay attention to that. Other fans pay attention to that. Like, oh shit, that dude's wearing a, you know, a cliff, a uh, red dog t-shirt. Oh, that dude's wearing a cliff, uh, a red dog t-shirt. Like people pay attention to that and they're like, oh, that dude must be, that dude must be popular. Maybe they've never seen you before, but they're recognizing the t-shirt because multiple people are wearing it in the crowd. Then you come out and they're like, oh, that's that dude that everybody's wearing his t-shirt. Now we should pay attention to him. Now they might buy your shit, but having people walk around with your merch shit on always looks good. Plus it puts money in your pocket when you're not going to be getting paid that much. So those are things to always look forward to. Get your character established. Get a good move set established. You know, try to try to obviously start getting bookings and stuff on your own. Because you know, in the beginning, I take I try to help you guys and take you guys everywhere. You're you're doing fabulous getting bookings on your own. You you have a good rapport with with promoters, even if they haven't met you, they've heard your name. Uh, it's getting around that you have a good uh, reputation with things. That's something to look forward to within your next couple of years in the business. That just gets you further in different places. And obviously try to branch out to, you know, you're working in one set area. Try to always branch out to other places and move on, you know, get out there to like the ten, you know, Tennessee and Connecticut and New York, just the, the fun places to go and have fun with it. Yeah, it's interesting because I know uh, like recently I've talked to a bunch of like and like you said, like I've reached out and I've, I've got a genuine good rapport with like a couple of promoters and I feel like. As I reach out, people will people know they're like, oh hey, yeah, you're you're that dude that like runs with Big Trouble Ben Bishop, or you're that dude that runs with Sicken, or you're that dude that runs with pure ignorance. Like, yeah, I know who you are, and uh, it's cool because then they hear like, oh well, he's the one that's like, if you talk to him, he's very professional. He's always going to be, and I and I I try to keep that mentality, and I it and I try to keep the mentality with people because I think at the end of the day, like if someone like hit me up, let's you know, someone found out about an incident that may have happened last year. Genuinely, it's one of the most things that one thing people want to talk about. But then after that, they're all like, dude, like, how does no, how did that, that whole incident happen? Why don't people like, you know, what happened after that? And what, you know, every, everybody asks the questions about like what happened. But then everybody asks the next question is like, have you been back there? Are you liked? What's going on? And then they find out the rest of the story, and they're all like, "Dude, we really like this guy. He's like down to earth." Like, and I tr- and I try to be as genuine as possible because it's like, at the end of the day, man, that's that's all you can be. Pretty much, like I just try to. I say it all the time. I just try to be as uh, real as I possibly can when it comes to things because there ain't no point in hiding, you know, or making excuses or that and other. I just, I'm just me. If you don't like me, well, tough shit. I'm not going anywhere. So you just got to deal with it. <laughs> It's um. They've so, tried to run me out of the business. It didn't work. Still here. <laughs> so you've talked about like you know getting bookings on your own and like you know developing a character and your move set and getting merch. Like out of all like those things, right? So as far as developing a character, like if someone came to you that was like, yeah, we'll say say brand new. Let's say 
they're new to the area, right? And they're just like, hey, like, what do you look for? Like, what is those? Like, if they told you they have a character, like, what do you what are you looking for? Like, what do you? What's the questions that you're asking yourself about that person? I mean, it really just depends on the character in general. Like, I mean, we'll go. I, I could. It's easy. Like for you, for instance, like your character, the mercenary character. The Red Dog, like I get it. You're, you know, you used to be in the military. You know the things. You have, you have good basics behind it. Things that you can say that maybe we're not going to catch on to. That's that's cool for your character. That we're going to question, and then you get the answer for us. Um, you have a lot of, uh, you know, technical skills based in that too that you can add into the character as well, and you have a look that works that goes with the character. But then. You know, we talked about it and it was it's I'm not ever going to say that the character wasn't working for you, but there was things that we could have added to the character that makes the character what it is now. And that was literally just me like talking to you in general and just finding out who Clifford Miller, the person was not the character you were trying to portray and realizing how funny and like joking and snappy you can be on talking and cutting me off on jokes and shit. And I'm just like, oh, and then we just kind of were like, well, you know, you started doing it in the ring a little bit during training, just joking around. It's like, oh, dude, that's funny. And everybody started going with it. I'm like, oh, start throwing it in during matches. And then like the whole reference of the, well, it's like Deadpool. And it's like, oh, that's perfect. Now you really just threw it all out there. And that's how we just upped your character. The best way is like, it's easy if somebody comes to me with a character and they're like, what can I do? And then like, you kind of up that by figuring out who they are as a person, seeing what their capabilities are in the ring, and then seeing how they talk on the microphone is figuring it out. You know, like um, I, I had a kid that uh, trained with us for a while that he really wanted to be a high flyer, but, but he had no sense of flying at all. Like he, he, couldn't, he couldn't do a springboard. You know, he was scared to get on the top rope. And it was just like, dude, this isn't going to work for you. You can't, if you can't get on the top rope and you, or you're scared of it, like, why do you want to be a high flyer? Well, cause that's what I like. Okay. But maybe that's not the skill set for you to be doing. So we had to, you know, we had to take and we had to twist that up and, and change his character a lot. I mean, if you've, I mean, we all know Ron, we, Ron's character has been, has developed throughout the years, multiple times. You know, and I can't say that mine doesn't continue to grow. I mean, look at Chris Jericho. Look how many times that dude is reinventing himself. It's really just about reinventing yourself or seeing what's new in the media or any of that stuff. What's, you know, there's different ways to go about it. But easiest way for me is I always try to tell everybody, whatever your character is, try to throw as much of your actual self into it as you possibly can, because that's going to make your character translate better because you're being you. And that's what, that's what I was told by my trainer. And that's what actually got me to be more comfortable and better in the ring and being comfortable talking to people and being able to do more interviews and talk on the microphone and all that stuff was when I was able to be me and not trying to be the person that I thought I had to be. Okay. Well, and it's funny because like, I've, and, and we can, we can go back. It was funny because like I had people come to me, right. And tell me, they're like, dude, if you're going to be a mercenary character, you gotta be a mercenary. Like you gotta be this way. And I remember just telling those people, I was like, no, dude, like, especially people who were, were veterans, right? Like, I had someone, I had someone tell me, like, listen, man, people don't do this. I'm like, 
that guy does. <laughs> it's like, hey, yeah. that's who I'm going to be. <laughs> you know, it's, that's the thing. No, I, I hate when people are like, well, if you're going to do that character, you have to do it this way. Like, there should never be a you have to do it this way. Like, you do it whatever way that works. I mean, we've seen how many gimmicks that were on TV or whatever that Vince McMahon hated. Like, I was just watching a video on how much Rusev Day was over and how much Vince hated it. Okay, like, Vince didn't think that shit worked, but it worked. So it's like one of those things. Obviously, it's not like it's not like your mercenary character that you started off with wasn't working. It was working. It was fine. It was a mediocre, fine thing. But now, the way you're doing it currently, it's getting reactions, and people like it, and it's it's getting a reaction more than the other one. So why can't you do it this way? Everybody's like, oh, that's not going to work. Well, sure hell, it worked for Deadpool, the movie, one and two, so... <laughs> it's it's the part too. It's like it, it was the the listening to notes and then like even having a conversation with you and then even working with like Showtime Grimes, right? And just like understanding like like my character, like it because it felt forced. And even like some of my friends who like will watch back some of the promos I did, they're like, dude, like you were trying like way too hard to be too serious, and that's not who you are. And and you you made the great point of like you know something that's good for wrestlers is that. You got to throw yourself into whatever you're going to do. So put as much as of you into your character so that you can grow and develop it. And do I have a plan on where my character is going to go like in the future? No, not yet. I'll, no, I'll probably come you, up one. <laughs> no, but a lot of, dude, I, I mean, it just kind of flows naturally. Like it'll, it'll come along, you know, something else will come along and, and you always got, you always got a stick to go with on that. And it's, it's just, you have a fun one that you can play with a lot. Like mine's a little bit more, I can't play with it as much. I have to stick to kind of a certain script. Yours is more, yeah, I can do this. And I'm like, fuck, that would be so much. I love to do that. (laughs) But I'm like, I done spent 12 years perfecting this one. So I can't screw it up now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's funny because like, you know, even, even yesterday, those who follow me on Twitter and on Facebook, you guys would have seen the promo I dropped with uh, for HWF and where I, I love that promo <laughs> doing the laugh track. You know, what's crazy is that uh, my wife goes, uh, this is the best that I've seen you do of all your promos so far. And I was like, all right, we got one. I like when you sent it to me and I just said, damn it. And you're like, was the laugh track too much? I was like, no, I need more. <laughs> You know what's funny is I had someone text me back and tell me they couldn't make it past the first four seconds. That's even better. I mean, I mean, that's a wait. That's a, like they couldn't make it past the first four seconds because oh, they, they were laughing. Were or, they were, yeah, they I was were gonna dying say were laughing. they laughing or like this is shit. Yeah, no, they were dying laughing because they're okay. like, I can't believe they're that's like, fair. they're like, I've never seen that done in a promo before, and I was like, Man. Oh no, it's it's hysterical. I was just like sitting there. I'm just like, damn, I feel like I'm watching a sitcom. I had someone tell me it, so I had someone tell me they couldn't make it past the first four seconds, and I had another person tell me that um, it was a Disney Channel TV show. <laughs> I can see the Disney Channel thing. The first thing that popped in my head was I don't know if you're a fan or watch Supernatural at all. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> Do you remember the episode with Sam and Dean where he's like, "Hi, Sam," and it's like the clapping is like laugh track, and they're like, "What?" Yeah, that's what it reminded me of. I was like, "That's I- awesome." 
it's it's crazy though because like the way like that even like the idea right and this goes back to like knowing kind of your character and like the things that they would do it was funny because like for me i was legitimately thinking about i was trying to figure out like a new way to cut a promo and i was like well what am i gonna do and i was like i was like what if i did something where it would just somebody was laughing in the background and like everything fell to place right afterwards. I was like, <laughs> dude, we could do the whole like clap, like intro. Like people would be excited to see me. <laughs> dude, that's is hysterical. I loved every minute of it. I watched it like three times just because of that. <laughs> I actually <laughs> sent it to some people too. Cause I was like, yo, you got to check this shit out. It's funny. <laughs> I was like, um, I was thinking like Jim Carrey from like the mask. Like that oh, was God. another, that's another pool where I was thinking about. <laughs> that's hysterical. I haven't I seen that like, movie in forever. Maybe maybe at some point we'll just have like a little crowd at the bottom of the screen, like standing up clapping. <laughs> Yo, you just turn the camera around. There's a live studio audience. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was just you know, just cut it from uh cut it from like another uh like another TV show. Just be like in the front of a live studio audience and just have it panned to like a crowd. And you're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Also, oh. my mind's going going for that kind of thing right now, just because I I, I just watched that uh the Bean Ricardo's movie like oh, right okay. right before we did this. So I'm like, oh, the live studio audience. Oh, ha, 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 okay. <laughs> so like, when developing a move set, like, what do you look for like your wrestler to like? How do you how do you see them like changing and evolving? Oh, I mean, for me, mine was mine was a lot of like it, it was just it was stuff that I liked, so. I I always like the super kick had to be in there. Shawn Michaels was my favorite wrestler. Super kick had to be in there somewhere. Um, during training and stuff like that, I had I had really learned and perfected doing a standing shooting star. And my trainer does a standing shooting star. My one of my other favorite wrestlers, at, you know, during training was Amazing Red, who used the Red Star Press. So like those were two moves that had to be in there. Uh, the four fifty I was doing. And, you know, dives and stupid moonsaults and, you know, the basic flippy guy moveset from, you know, 2000s. Um, and then after that, it was like, okay, I, uh, I started, uh, I started uh, working guys that were bigger. A lot of, at the beginning, I was working a lot of guys that were my size that could, you know, they would be like, okay, with taking Rana's and, and shit like that and knew how to do that type of thing. And then I started working with bigger guys like, um, prodigy ptv that was like yeah i'm not taking a, a head scissors bro like i'm like 400 pounds and i'm like yeah fuck okay so like then i had to start incorporating like the kicks and shit like that in order to drop a big guy down and i just had to update my moveset on being able to work with big guys then working with small guys then a lot of it came down to when i started hurting my uh my feet and my ankles and my knees it was like, all right, well, we need to calm down with all that top rope, uh, jumping onto my knees and my ankles and doing all the crazy dives and stuff like that. So I kind of went to a more, I went to a more strike game because I always been a big fan of like strikes and stuff like that anyway. So I just added a lot more, uh, kicks and I had to teach my, I had to teach myself a lot of kicks. So I actually, uh, started watching, uh, tutorials of, uh, guys throwing, uh, different types of MMA kicks and parkour type kicks for me to throw into my repertoire. So not all of my kicks look like a step up into Gertie. <laughs> so it was just, it was just doing that. And then, you know, I started, I beefed up a little bit too. And I was able to start throwing around some, you know, power moves and stuff that I don't normally do. 
So it was just all about uh, seeing what fit and what worked. I also always try to listen to the crowd reactions, see what moves get reactions. And if they didn't really start to get reactions, I would just kind of slowly move them out. Every once in a while, I bring them back, you know, just for shits and giggles for myself. Cause I'm like, Oh, I did this back in 2009. I haven't done it since then. So I just bring some things back just here and there. And who knows, they might get a reaction now. So it's, it's always about improvising and you know, your, your surroundings and stuff like that. Like I was telling somebody the other day, they're like, what makes you, what makes you a wrestler? Um, this is actually the podcast I did yesterday. They, uh, they were like, what, what makes you, a wrestler that somebody wants on their roster. And I said, for one, I can work any style. I was like, I'm what I always like to call a versatile wrestler. So I'm like, if you want me to go out there and work with the Lucha guys, I can do it. If you want me to go out there and, and mat wrestle with guys? I was like, I can do it. I suck at it, but I can fucking do it. I was like, you want me to go out there and get beat around the crowd and hang out with New Jack? I can do it. I was like, you want me to get thrown into light tubes? I can do it. I was like, I, I don't say no. You know, I, I try to be versatile as much as I can be. I can work the old school, you know, Ricky Morton guys and, and, and hang with them and have just as good matches. So I try to go out there and, and work with anybody and hide negatives and accentuate positives, their negatives and my negatives. So, you know, it, it's, uh, it's all about just incorporating and being able to evolve your moveset. I like that too because I know, like when I first like started, I, I remember telling you I was like, I want to do everything under the sun, I'm, like flips off the top rope and like shooting star press and this, that, and the other. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen you do any of this. <laughs> I have not done a 450 in a match. No, ever. but you can do one. That's the thing. You can do one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I I haven't even hit. You know what's funny is like I was I was legit thinking back about it today where I was like, man, I would love to do that Kenny Omega role. That I know that I can do, and then oh the uh, the fireman's carry one, yeah, yeah, <laughs> into that front handspring or front handspring. I was like, I can do that. I said, totally do it. The funny thing is, is like I know a lot of people don't know, but I can legit do the buckshot lariat as well. And I just, yeah, I just have never thrown it in yet. It's just always one of those things where you're like, yeah, I got it, I can do it. And the one time that you fuck it up would be during a live match in front of a crowd. <laughs> That's yeah. where my brain always goes. Cause like I always, I always want to bust out. I always want to bust out the spinal tap. You see me do a door in training a bunch, just joking right. around. I'm like, if I do that door in a match, even if the dude moves, somehow I'm gonna like land on my shoulder, or dislocate it, or some dumb <laughs> bullshit, or I don't know, something will happen. That's why I don't do it. Sometimes you get, sometimes you gotta throw caution to the wind. <laughs> right. So I feel like if at one time, like if I ever decide that that's gonna be a thing, like. Like if I'm in a match where it's like we got to dig deep and find something like that the crowd hasn't seen before, then I'll I'll bust something out like that. But right, I, I feel like in this era of wrestling, like everybody can do pretty much everything. I, I feel like because even like being over, so name drop it right. We're at one CW and I'm watching Mr. Grimm and he does a 450 splash off the top rope, and I was like, okay, well now that makes me irrelevant to doing. It. Yeah, yeah. I, I sorry, I take full blame for that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean that's what um, that's what I was saying. I, you know, it's like uh, it's like looking where somebody would be like, "Oh, what's your favorite tag team right now?" I'm like, one of my favorite tag teams right now is FTR because FTR is doing the complete opposite of what everybody else is doing right now. 
which, you know, years ago, the Young Bucks were the only ones doing the shit that the Young Bucks were doing. And now you got the Young Bucks, you got Private Party, uh, Lucha Bros, like all these all these teams that are doing, I don't want to say the same shit, but similar shit. <laughs> and then you got FTR who were like, yeah, nah, bro, we're from the 80s. We're just going to ground and pound the crap out of you. And I'm like, ah, oh, right now they're the ones that are standing out. Like, FTR is the ones that are standing out, not these other dudes. Like, they can do cool stuff, but the Bucks are not the Bucks. FTR are the ones that are standing out because they're doing the opposite of everything that everybody else is doing. And that makes me like them. It's true. It's weird how to see, like, because, you know, you always everybody talks about how, like, things that were old school become new school again. And, like, just to see the full circle of, like, the 80s, 90s kind of wrestling, well, 70s, 80s wrestling, like, coming right. back full circle. And uh, just, like, seeing everything play out. So, like, now you're seeing, uh, like you said, FTR. There's other there's other people around who um, who are there um, working. And it's just, it's cool. It's cool to see those guys, like, old school wrestling coming back. Yeah, I mean, like I said, that it was like people wanted to get away from that style and adapt away from that style. And now that style's making a resurgence. Which is, I mean, that's that's cool, because it's like anything else. When you see like, you know, oh, this style of clothing's coming back, or the tie dye T shirts are coming back, and it's like, all right, cool. You know, FTR is like, yeah, we're bringing wrestling back now. Like, <laughs> we're gonna bring wrestling back because I don't know what the hell's going on right here, but it's not that. <laughs> well, it's like even for like my character, like I thought about it and it was like, what? So I I know I can wrestle like technically not well, but I'm I'm getting better, and then. I know on the other side, like, I'm still learning, like, some other moves. I was like, well, what I really want to do is just blunt force trauma. <laughs> like, that's what <laughs> my character be known with. So, like, Spine Busters is definitely, like, the one thing I love throwing. And, like, clearly, I'm throwing them in, like, every single match, having too much fun with it. Right. Well, you know, it's okay. You're allowed to do that. Sorry, <laughs> I'm moving for a second. I need a drink. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like, I feel you. But it's like so. So we talk about like updating a move set, like making sure that it works with the crowd. You're talking about working with, um, you're talking about like making sure like your character is like up to par. And then like another big one that you had mentioned was that getting your merch right. So, hundred yes. percent on the merch. Like I've said that from the beginning. Like at least at least you know always even just get eight by tens. Like if that's the only merch that you can afford at the time. Just get eight by tens. Get eight by tens. Sell those, and and make what you can off of those. Because shit, you know, four eight by tens might pay your gas to get home. When at the time, all you're doing is getting a hot dog and a handshake. <laughs> so take full advantage of it. Eight by tens are cheap to make. You can sell them for cheap, and you know, kids like to go and put them up on their wall and uh, stuff like that. So enjoy that until you have an idea for a t-shirt design or you know, a beanie design or something like that. I know yeah. you came I know you came up with one pretty quickly, like right off of the jump. Like you kind of already had like an idea of coming into it, but for merch. Yeah, I kind of feel like, and I, you know, you can correct me if I'm wrong. As far as like coming in as one of your students, like I kind of was like, I don't want to say I was like ahead of the game, but I was definitely like well aware of where I should be and what I should be doing and going as far as like my character went. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, you and probably Will, like Will Knox, like you guys kind of had that idea 
down. Like I know Will banged out merch and stuff real quick, and he had the whole uh, whole idea of like what color his gear needed to be and what what he wanted to do as far as uh, his merch and stuff like that. So uh, you both kind of came in with that same like positive uh, attitude and energy when it came to collecting and having your stuff ready for where you were ready to go when it was time. Yeah, I was, I, I think about it too. Cause like, uh, yesterday, yesterday or today, my fifth logo like came out. <laughs> like I have yeah. four now on, I have four up now on uh pro wrestling or not. Well, pro wrestling tees as well as what a maneuver. And then of course you're wearing the one that like people want to get their hands on, but they can't get their hands on it because I'm all out of those shirts. Yeah, tough shit, guys. Uh, it's mine. You can't have it. I'm like, I like this shirt. I wear it a lot. Yeah. I was like, I rock it to shows. I do whatever. Support Some, your friends. Sometimes sometimes you forget and you're wearing a match. Yeah, sometimes, yeah. You know, whatever. It was, it was hot as shit outside. Leave me alone. Full, full for everybody that's wondering. Uh, we were at a show, and it was outside. It was in the summertime. It was hot. And, uh, yeah. Sicken thought he totally changed out to his right city shirt. Did not. Just rocked my shirt out in the match. I think the problem, I, I remember uh, the problem with that was is I had this one on, and it was so hot when we were sitting in the back. I knew I had to put this on after I wrestled. So I had taken it off and had it just hanging around my neck. And I was just walking around, so I was sweating without the shirt being on me. It was just hanging around my neck. And then right before we went out, I'm sitting there like, oh, shit, I have my shirt hanging around my neck, and I just put it on. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought it was the one that was in my bag. And I'm like, oh, I did the same thing one time with a um, with a um, a Suicide Squad T-shirt because it was all red and black and white like my shirts. So I just had it on. I wore it to the show and I walked out and I didn't realize that I was even wearing it until um, I, somehow I didn't even realize that I was wearing it until like I got to the back and I took it off and threw it in my gear bag. And I was talking to somebody and I turned around, and I picked it back up and went to put it back on thinking that it was the shirt that I had taken off like before I wrestled. And I put it on. I'm like, why the fuck is it all wet? And then I realized that my T-shirt was still folded up in my bag, like the Riot City one. I'm like, crap, I did it again. <laughs> I'm like, I need to like wear a brightly colored like blue T-shirt or something so I know it's not the one I should walk out with. <laughs> you know, it, it's interesting that you bring that up, right? Because when I go to shows, right, something that I definitely notice is that there's a lot of wrestlers who wear the same color scheme. Yeah, so, I hate standing that. out is definitely a must. No, standing out is definitely a must. I will, I will say that. I just the problem, the problem with me is like I, I put so much time and effort into those colors and that scheme of things, and it to us it means a certain thing for Riot City. So then I can't turn around and see Riot City coming out to, you know, blue and pink and yellow colors i'm just like i you know you hear riot city and you don't think brightly colored things like i just couldn't imagine that they'd be like oh that that's weird like you know just like i think of nxt now i'm like i don't think that whatever the hell that color is scheme that they got going on <laughs> it's funny because like i was i've been thinking about and playing with the idea of like getting like new new gear made up right and i was thinking about like well what could i do to separate myself from everybody else, but still have like the red dog, obviously yeah, logo gonna, and stuff like that. I was that. gonna say if you get like blue or something, I'm gonna start calling you blue dog. 
But you know what? To get blue and yellow, kind of like how Deadpool did with like his his gear, he was still right. Deadpool, but he still had his logo. And I was like, I could yeah, definitely true. do that. Like I still do like the the Red Dog logo, like on a knee pad or something. Oh, and please, then like just please by all means get some blue so I start calling you Blues Clues. <laughs> <laughs> Carol would be yo, Kiki would be so proud because she'd be so excited because she's gonna be running around like talking about how much she loves the Blues Clues. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be great. But That's no, hysterical. yeah. So those are, those are kind of like I don't know, really kind of like the questions like I really want to ask was like. Just like, what do you expect from a person that's coming in, obviously, with the character development, moveset, merchandise, you know, make sure you have those things. So that was one thing I did take advantage of. Like, when you dropped that and you told me to, to do that, like, I remember running to the store, I think, like, two days later and just buying a few 8 by 10s And I was just like, oh, if they sell, they sell. If they don't, And they did, whatever. didn't they? And they did. They did <laughs> sell. And then I remember going back and then telling Chaz and Prince, like, dude. You guys got to get 8x10s. Get 8x10s. And then it they works. got 8x10s, and they started selling them. And then they went and bought T-shirts and 8x10s, and now they're selling all their stuff out. So I'm like, bro, it was, like, it was supposed to happen that way. It's funny. I, I, tell you guys to, I tell you guys to get 8x10s. I probably haven't had 8x10s on my table since before the pandemic. <laughs> I haven't gotten any. I'm just like, damn, there's like seven different T-shirts and like bracelets. Be- I'm like, buy something. Buy one of those things. <laughs> Like, I'm tired of going out and getting all these stupid eight by tens. It's weird. Like I think that's the other thing that people have to do too, and that's something that probably should be said is that if you're in that part between like that two to five year, kind of like how I am, like I end up learning a lot of this because I feel like because this show totally got started because of the pandemic, right? And then yeah, uh, it was funny because a friend, of, a mutual friend of ours, Kevin, was like, he goes, "I watch your show because." It makes me feel like I'm relatable to somebody when I go and talk to them. And I was laughing. I was like, I like the show because I feel like I created a college course pretty much out of nothing. And so. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You, you you literally have gotten that. That's the best thing about the podcast in general is you can watch it as a up and coming wrestler and learn so much because you guys are asking the questions and you're getting, I mean, I'm sure you get some of the same answers, but you're, you're also getting a lot of different answers to the same questions, which is great, which is why I always like bringing different people up uh, as far as training and stuff with you guys. And you get different aspects of the business from different people who have been in for different times, who have been to different uh, promotions in different parts of the wrestling world. Oh yeah. And it's, it's cool because like, you know, we've talked we've talked to so many different people, and then you've gone to introduce me to a lot of different people. And then sometimes, you know, one of our friends just forces me to go have a conversation with a ECW legend, and it makes me feel <laughs> less awkward as shit. But it's still <laughs> like one of the cool. You know, like to be real, like to be real, if you would have told me like twenty years ago, not even twenty, we'll say ten years ago that I would be having a conversation with Sandman about Clifford the Big Red Dog. Yeah. I would have been like, nah, <laughs> never yeah. going to happen. Well, surprise. Surprise. Yeah, thanks, surprise. Ron. Yep. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if that was a thanks, Ron, or thanks, Hack. <laughs> Yo, but it was so crazy to hear, oh, my God, are you serious? <laughs> and I was like, what are yeah. you doing? Oh, yeah, God, here we go. Sure. Yep, just started him on a tirade. (laughs) 
but it was like a fun one too because it was a, and it was just a thing like i never imagined in like my life that i would be sitting down and have a conversation with with hack just about big red dog and obviously he was talking with his grandkids about it too but it was just yeah. funny to see that see that happen oh no it's awesome like because then you realize that like that that dude who was larger than life to us is just a normal dude who likes to kick back and has family and also has happened to see Clifford the Big Red Dog. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, I saw <laughs> I was like, I, I can't hear her because I have the headphones in. I just felt the couch bounce. I was like, good Lord. <laughs> but those are kind of like the bigger questions I have. We do have a game that we're going to play. You're going to be the first one to run this one. Oh, uh, God. Some of our fans that have been paying attention to our shows, like Returning to the Ring, when we had like all seven episodes of that come out, Sorry, Anthony. We know we canceled it. But uh, <laughs> we're going to bring a game back. It's called Pin, Submit, and DQ. So this is how we're going to play. We're going to play in three rounds. I'm going to give you three wrestlers, and you got to pin one, submit one, or DQ one. Okay. All right. So our, <laughs> our, I was like, I was, I was like, all right, cool. I was like, that's, that's a lot easier than the ones that I've had to do before, which is like the F Mary kill. I'm like, this is weird. I don't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we are going to play round one. It's going to be simple, right? We're going to, we're going to start easy for you, right? We're going to go all right. James Ellsworth, Rich Swan, all right, or Beast Man. All right, Beast Man DQ. Um, Ellsworth submit and Swan pin. Okay, that's a good round. So we're gonna go around two, right? These guys. Oh, may cool! See. I don't have to give explanations. <laughs> no, you don't. You don't have to give explanations. Uh, you can if you want to, but you don't have to. Not oh. required. Yeah. But uh, some of these guys may seem familiar to you. Huh? Okay. All right. So yep. we're gonna go with uh, we're gonna go with Will Knox. All right. Uh, Superior G. Okay. And then we're going to go with uh, Van Williams. All right. Well, I'm going to go with Van on the DQ because Van's easy to get himself DQ'd. Um, <laughs> going with Will because Will likes to throw uh, submission holds and try to tap people out. So I'd like to tap out Will. And uh, we're going to go with Pin Superior G because who doesn't want to pin a pimp? Right. <laughs> yeah. I love Superior G's character, by the way. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's awesome. <laughs> it's one of my favorite ones, honestly. Like, just watching him, I'm like, man, he really gets into it. I'm like, that's really just G. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's just really him. You just hear him talk. I'm like, that's really just him. That's really just him. Yep. All right. So this last one, this last round may seem, may seem a lot familiar with everything, right? So we're going right. to go with Jason Drake. Okay. Ron Holiday. Okay. And Matt Wild. Okay. <laughs> For those who don't know, all the Rice City guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, mine is Vic Ramon. Mine is Vic. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with DQ for Ron Holiday so I don't have to touch him. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I'm going to pin Jason Drake because he'd probably cry about it. And uh, submit Matt Wild because it's funny. <laughs> Bad. Well, there you have it. Yeah. And if I had to throw Vic Ramon in there, I'd submit Vic too because he's a submissions expert. <laughs> I just really want to submit is. people who are good at submissions. Yeah, that's it. Because I suck <laughs> at them. <really> good. <laughs> yeah. I remember just like sitting in there, and I remember just like one day there was a training session that we had, and we were training for like three hours, and I was like, I didn't really feel like like I got a lot out of it, right? Like I got a lot, but I didn't really get a lot out of it. But then, like 
Michael Zumidio, Phil Stamper, and Vic were all there. And then like the forty-five minutes it was like a so it was a, it was him. it was one of the it was one of the days that they were they were impeaching their uh, their knowledge, the, <laughs> the stuff that I'm not as good at, which is why I bring them around. <laughs> Vic's like showing me. He's like, "Hey man, if you ever want to submit somebody, do it like this way." And then like here's Phil, like, "Hey, try rolling around this way." And then here's Michaels, and you know Michaels and I are both you know, collegiate wrestlers, like Michaels was like, oh, you should be able to use this stuff and that stuff. And I'm like, dude, like what? <laughs> like, yeah. And, and you're sitting there and you're like, wow, you know, after two or three hours of just rolling around and doing this, like I, I didn't feel like I get anything out of it. And then like you start running the drills or, or, and then all of a sudden realizing that you could use that shit in the matches. Once you start uh, learning how to put together the matches and you're like, oh, wow, <laughs> never mind, I learned a lot. I take it back. Yeah. <laughs> Or just the fact, like, just for me, <clears throat> when we were doing, like I said, I've never big versed on that thing. Like, I can do it, but I'm not good at it. But uh, when I ran, the, when I had to run the uh, the year long feud with uh, Michael Zamidio, the big thing with that was uh, Mike wasn't Mike didn't really know so much about lucha stuff, and I had to I had to teach Mike how to uh, you know learn how to take the arm drags and the head scissors and uh, uh, all of the lucha style stuff. And I didn't know how to do half of the mat shit that he did. So he had to teach me and we would just sit at training during like breaks. And I'd be like, all right, this is how you have to pick me up for the head scissors. This is how you have to pick me up for the Rana. And then he'd be like, all right, this is how you get out of, you know, Gamby roll out of this. And I'm like, I, I don't know how to do any of this shit. And we just kind of, we kind of learned and figured it out together. And then that's one of them. I mean, that's the, one of the longest running feud things that we did that was consistent and all of our matches were just fun and they were great because it took both of us out of our elements of doing things that we weren't used to doing so knowing how to do that like even if it was just for that feud for me if I ever got in the ring with somebody who wanted to play around on the mat like I know enough that I can hang with them and, and not make myself look stupid or not be able to let them do it because I don't know what I'm doing so that will always be, you know, that's something that you can always pick up uh, it, when people are like, oh, I don't need to learn this because I'm not ever going to do this. I hate when that's ever said from somebody who's trying to learn it. Like if you're trying to teach a big dude how to do, I don't know, a freaking elbow drop or something, they're like, well, I'm never going to do an elbow drop. You don't know that. You don't know that. What if a veteran calls an elbow drop? You're just going to tell the veteran, no, you don't know how to throw one of the basic moves in wrestling. Learn how to do it. If you can do it, learn how to do it. Just because you learn how to do it does not mean you have to apply it in a match ever. But knowing how to do it is always good to know how to do. Because if it ever comes up that you have to, then it's always in your repertoire. Bet. Like, I know that was one thing that we talked to about, like, a lot with Ben. You know, we're like, yeah, you know, you're never going to, you'll probably never take a German, but you should know how to take one. And I've seen Ben take quite a few Germans recently. So... It's good to know how to do that. <laughs> Bet. Well, that is really all of our time. But second, once again, what we got to do is ask you to let our viewers and our listeners know where they can find you. Oh, you can find me on Facebook at uh, Nick Sicken Taylor. You can find me at uh, Instagram at Sicken underscore RCMW. Uh, I honestly forget what my Twitter is because I never get on it because Twitter is ran by Satan. And uh, you can. <laughs> I don't have Snapchat or any of that weird stuff, so don't even look. And uh, you can find us on um, YouTube at Riot City's Most Wanted. All of our videos are up there. I actually will be uploading some videos uh, probably next week from 
my first couple of years in the business that have never been uploaded before and have never seen the light of day that I think is just fun time to break out. So you'll get to see me rocking the fishnets and the weird hair and some eyeliner again. So it'll be fun. We'll do some throwbacks and stuff like that. Bet. And there you guys have it. So don't forget, be jealous. Be jealous. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, be jealous. So what does that mean? Well, like everybody knows, when it comes to like you know working a match, we go to the close. So that means this is the Three Count Podcast presents now entering the ring, two hundred one, and I'm your host Clifford Red Dog Miller. That's right, that man that leads you up this mountain called wrestling. And as every good Sherpa has someone who's been there, done that, and can do it more efficiently than you can. That's why it's never about me, but it's about who's entering the ring. You see him right there, the kingpin of Rise City, sicken himself, my trainer. And I can say it's always a lot of fun to be around it, around his facilities. But you guys <laughs> know what to do. Tune into the next episode and be there, or you just wait for this episode to end. You wait for that outro, and you choose another episode. Yeah. Peace. What's going on, Three Count Nation? I'm Clifford Red Dog Miller with the catchphrase. But what I really want to do right now, go to Twitter.com, right? Go over there, find us at the three count underscore pod, give us a follow, give us a like, give us a comment. We want to talk to you guys. Go to IG at the three count pod, give us a like, give us a follow, leave us a comment. We want to interact with you. Go to YouTube.com, give us a subscribe, turn the bell on, turn on notifications, leave a comment. We want to talk to you. Go to anger.fm forward slash the three count podcast. And in there, you can leave us a message and we will talk to you. Basically, what I'm trying to tell you is that we want to talk to you. We want to have fun with you guys and we love listening to what you guys have to say. Also, one thing I need you to do for me, the three count podcast also has merchandise. Oh, at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the three count pod. Please go buy our t-shirts. We love you guys and we hope you love us too. So. Show us some support, please.